What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Edgework, the Tuesday edition, live here on the Edgework HQ YouTube channel. Reminder, guys, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. I'm producer Jason filling in for producer Zach today. Zach is a little busy, so he asked me to step in. And I'm really excited to get going uh, with the show here today. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that the easiest way to improve as a sports better is to always use multiple sports books and to always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book from games, player props, futures, save time, save money. Check, check out Betstamp before you bet. Download the app today. And if you're looking to sign up for more sports book accounts, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app forward slash edgework. If you sign up through that page, it just helps support the show. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Before we do that, I want to quickly recap uh, how the season has gone so far. We have 122 bets on the year. We're 59 and 63. Uh, and we have about a, I don't know what, what Zach wrote down here for me, but uh, not sure what the ROI is, but we hit last, uh, we hit yesterday here. So I just want to do a quick little recap. Zach let's killing we, the show and he's not even on it today. It's 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 ridiculous. He didn't prepare me enough. Anyways, uh, before we get into the games here, how are you guys doing? How are you feeling so far in the hockey market? How are things? How have things been going for you? Because I haven't really been able to talk to you guys about hockey this year. So, Alex, how are things going for you, betting wise in the NHL? It's been uh, it's been for the most part good. Um, I think uh, the Saturday best bets now. I'm I'm up to six and zero in the year, so I'm just gonna ride that out. I might stop giving out Saturday bets. Um, might be the end of it for me. But yeah, no, it's it's been a, it's been a fun season so far. I'm doing better than Jay Woodcroft, that's for sure. Um, poor guy, you know, <laughs> poor guy. Didn't didn't even lose the room, and he uh, he he's a scapegoat. So I'm sure they talked about that a bunch yesterday. So I won't take up too much time with that. But uh, I don't think it was the right move. So uh, yeah. I'm doing better than him. I'm sure he'll land on his feet though. Can yeah, we talk GM... about it? I want to talk about sure, that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> sure, we can talk about it. GM Rob Pazula almost did something similar here with the Edgework channel, axing Zach for, for producer Jason. That was uh, deserved that... at least. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering if Zach lost through here. Uh, but but uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on this whole uh, situation here, right? Because it seems like he didn't lose the room. They obviously hired like uh, McDavid's former coach here. Is this kind of a, a long play to make sure Mc... McDavid doesn't leave the organization here? Like what what... What is this from Ken Holland? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I just, I love it, man. So, you know, <laughs> at this time of year, I think the people know on Tuesdays, I come in, we roll out, you know, some picks. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. Most of the time they win. And sometimes when you bet on the Sharks, you can be 1-0 on the season. Um, so we like to have a good time. But like, I gotta be honest with you, like, I'm not super locked in with like the ins and outs of the NHL season at this point in time, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, just tell me what the numbers are and let's kind of go from there. And so, especially on a weekend. And so when I find out... <laughs> that the uh, the king of the punchable faces gets fired uh, from the Oilers. I'm like, okay, neat. Um, then I find out that some gentleman by the name of Chris Knobloch is it? I think um, Chuck's uh, son. Um, he, he gets the job and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of this gentleman, et cetera, et cetera. And like a day and a half goes by and I watch a clip about Connor McDavid and he's you know, talking about how like, oh yeah, no, never lost the room. Like, you know, contrary to what people are saying, like, it's all not true. And I was like, I don't really know what he's talking about. And then like a half an hour later, I find out that Knobloch was Connor McDavid's former coach. And I'm like, what an incredible coincidence. Unbelievable. Like, you know, for, for the best quality or the, the, the most qualified guy, to be the guy who steps in and just happens to be Connor McDavid's former coach. 
what an incredible circumstance that is. So uh, it's just obvious. I mean, like, who do you, like, do you think we're idiots, Connor? Like, do you think we're that stupid? Like, yeah, of course you're going to say, like, out of respect for a human being, you're going to say that he, he hadn't lost the room. You're going to say whatever you sort of need to say to not come out as the bad guy. But, like, one plus one equals two, man. Like, I can do yeah. the math on this. Everybody like, can do the math on this. In basketball, they have Le GM. LeBron is the GM, and now we have Mick GM with McDavid. It's it's crazy stuff here. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I'm not even against it. I'm not even really all that against it because whatever gets Connor McDavid going is like the thing that you should do, right? Like a sure. lot of these coaches swoop in and they're like trying to like do their own thing and, and run things the way that they want to run it. And like again, I don't know enough of the ins and outs to know like whether that was the case or not. But like this is the NHL. Like all these guys are hired to be fired, right? Like this idea that like oh man can't believe they fired him because it wasn't his fault. It's like, it doesn't matter. It has never mattered whether it's a guy's fault or not. Right. Like it's yeah. the NFL. This stuff just is cyclical. You get hired for basically at like what an average of like two and a half years. And they showed last night on the broadcast. Cause you know, super locked in and tuned in to, to an Oilers and Islanders game on a Monday night. Uh, as I, as I tend to be. And on the broadcast, the pregame show, they're showing like the last, I think it was the last like eight or 10 coaches fired. And the goalie save percentage uh, for that team at that time when when that coach is fired, and it's just like thirty second, thirty second, thirty first, twenty eighth. I know your your Habs are on there a couple of different times there with Claude Julian and uh, and Ducharme. It's like twenty six. It's like yeah, you know what? Goaltending is probably going to get you fired in a lot of ways. And so this idea that the Oilers are all of a sudden going to be like cup contenders now, and it's funny because their odds, I don't know if you notice this, but like their cup odds never really moved, whereas their division odds, you know, got longer and longer. And eventually they met. They were both like thirteen to one. So it was like if the Oilers can get this back, you know, on on the right track and win the division, they are just as likely to win the Stanley Cup. Right. And like the problem is they didn't switch the goaltending out. Actually, in the last last since, since we last spoke, they actually did boot one of the goaltenders, but they still have crappy goaltending. And, you know, yeah, it got a little bit better. And you know, guy played Skinner played pretty well last night, I suppose. But like that's the issue. And it's always going to be the issue. So they could come back. They go on a heater. They can get in the playoffs. Certainly, I think that's a high probability. I don't know that they're going to catch one of these teams in the division to get that that, you know, um, cash. Oh, they will. They will. Yeah. yeah, but they but, will no problem. No, no. <laughs> I mean, that's Skinner no problem. Is, is a ridiculous Skinner isn't thing even that. Skinner isn't even bad. He was just it was a small sample size. Like it's not even like why it's not why their, their goaltending is not good. good. Their goaltending is not good, but it's not like sewer you ruin the season bad. Skinner is very that? capable of providing at what? very bad like league average goaltending. But how but we've seen that? it. We've seen it enough over his career now. I think seen we've it, only we saw seen it last year. In a small I mean, we sample saw... size in like the last what thirty games of the season. That's but where's the sample bad. size of him being a bad goalie? The I, playoffs I think last the... year, the start of this season. But that's even smaller of a sample size. Going into last season when they didn't even think he should be the starting goalie. But his numbers be, be even before this. Like he's he's definitely like a capable goalie. But the problem isn't like the goaltending was the issue. Whatever and like, but I think there's a, a case to be made here. We're like Woodcroft. Ab Woodcroft absolutely should not have been fired. I don't even think that's up for debate. Mm -hmm. The only reason, the only way he should have gotten fired is if McDavid came into Holland's office and was like, "I don't want to play for this guy anymore. Get rid of him. Whatever." Then okay, sure. You know what? Like you obviously want to keep your guy how happy. If you are of somebody getting fired or not getting fired, right? Like the idea, the idea that like the coach is on this pedestal and like something has to go egregiously wrong. Which, by the way, like the way the season started was like 
pretty egregiously wrong and whether but it you know, but was it but, but was you know, it but you and I will say, and because we think we have the same mindset, right? That we'll look at the expected goal share and we'll be like, this team was playing fine, small sample size. The puck just didn't go in the net. Obviously, McDavid missed a couple of games. The goaltending has been bad this season. And, you know, obviously they booted one guy clear off the, off the planet. And They're you'll shooting say, okay, 5% at five on five. <laughs> They're shooting 5%. That's I'm, like deep. That's, that's unheard of. I, With the talent they have offensively, there's yeah. no reason to panic for this team. This team is going to be just fine. And that's well, why I do think there's no problem that they'll make the top three in this division. I don't, I don't, oh, who's going to, who's going to keep them out of it? Oh, no. I think they'll make the top three in the division. You said they, they would win the division. I oh, think no. Sorry. I, I thought you said, will they sneak no, they into were, the top three? I thought you meant as in they'll be a wild card team. No, yeah. Okay. No, no, I, no, I, I hear they, what you're saying now. Yeah. If they, if they, top if they three, no problem. One, I think they, no yeah. problem they'll finish top three in this division. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing. But like, I think I just don't equate because I think so. And I've been taught based on like, I don't know, 30 years of watching the NHL and have these guys just interchangeable, these coaches interchangeably. I don't even really think it's a panic to fire the coach. Like I don't equate those two things because they are so interchangeable. It's like, is it a panic that you switch the third line center? It's like, honestly, it's kind of the same thing to me because it's like, yeah, like if it wasn't getting done, like there's a thousand dudes who can do that job. Like there, there's probably more capable NHL head coaches like in the world than there are capable NFL head coaches, capable NBA head coaches, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because like the job doesn't require all that much to be successful. And it's why you see these flash in the pan type guys that like not only do they succeed and we kind of never see them see them again, Sometimes we see these guys succeed and then they're awful the next couple of rounds that they get, right? Your Babcocks, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, honestly, it has a lot to do with just the, who the players are on, yeah. on the ice. And that brings us back to Ken Holland, right? Who is the guy who's, you know, quote unquote, masterminding this, this whole operation. And I always just look at these guys and we did it the same thing last year with the Canucks and you go and, you know, it's team after team after team. And you're like, this guy had a ton of success in this one spot, in this one circumstance. Where if you really want to get like nitpicky about it, the culture of the Detroit Red Wings at the time was Scotty Bowman and getting like that team rolling. And then some scout finding Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk and saying to Ken Holland, hey, we should probably draft this guy. And then Ken Holland does. And they keep that going. That extended, they extend essentially the Scotty Bowman Detroit Red Wings era even further and then Ken Allen gets like carte blanche to do whatever he wants, like with any, you know, with any organization and people like tripping over him. And like, guess what? He then picks the team with the best player in the league and arguably two of the top five players in the league. Right. And it's just like, yeah, he might screw this up. He might just start handing out, you know, weird contracts or contracts that we don't necessarily, you know, agree with or pick the wrong goaltender or, you know, fire the coach too early or hire the new, the new coach might be the wrong coach too, right? And if that guy gets fired in like six weeks. because I think you drastically underestimate how much coaching matters in the NHL. I, well, I mean, obviously we're just going to agree to disagree on that. Mm -hmm. But like, I just, again, it's not even me, man. It's like watching all of these coaches just interchangeable, interchangeable. Every year there's 10 guys coming in and like, I've never heard of these dudes before. And like, at least in these other sports, you're like, oh, that guy who like did this and that and was, you know, under this guy or that guy. It's like, just, you know, count how many coaches there have been in the last 10 years, just have existed. That's a lot. How many that actually have success. Like they're it, finding success <laughs> with the team. You can have the best and the most talented teams. I mean, look at the Leafs. Like Sheldon keeps a, a bad coach and Sheldon keeps hold that, holds that team back. It's not just an easy job. And while well, he has talent and he's got he's this and it's guy. fine. He's the third guy in this era. 
Like it's, you know what I mean? Like to an, to an, ex, to an extent, to an extent. I mean, like it was very early on that Babcock was, you know, was with this team and, and Babcock basically got fired for a very short run of poor results where like, I think, I mean, Marner just didn't want to play for a guy who was hard but on him. Had, but if like, they had fired Keith. I mean, put, putting him on the fourth line is probably not a bright move. If, uh, if, if we're going to be honest fired here, Keith, like... Keith in the summer, like we wanted him to, or we sort of expected him to, they would be on their third clean coach or their fourth overall. And like, by the way, we see a ton of like Jack Adams winners getting fired the next year. We see a ton of guys getting fired from one team and then going to Las Vegas and winning a Stanley Cup, right? Because like, it's very hard to maintain like that role in the NHL to maintain like to. Point. Keep a locker room and to keep it's, finding the winning formula it's not about like coaching doesn't matter it's that it's actually very hard to coach in this league yes i would argue okay. and that's but my point is not that it's hard or it's, or it's not hard it's that these guys there's a lot of them and they're interchangeable and it's about voice and you can yes. switch these guys constantly and a different voice comes in and you're going to get something different right because honestly the structure and like what you're asking Connor mcdavid to do on a night-to-night basis doesn't change that much whether i come in to coach or whether the coach is there now right? Because he's a really good player. Now, if you ask me to go coach like the Columbus Blue Jackets and we had to start manufacturing some offense somehow, like that's going to be a problem. But like with the Oilers, it's like, you know what? I'm going to play Connor McDavid a lot more. I'm going to play Leon Dreisaitl a lot more. In like any situation, I can get my sort of my But that's also a problem. That's also like, that's a fine line. You start playing like, look at Matthews and Marner playing 25 minutes a night. That's a like these guys wear out over the course of a season. Like you have to be able to manage a team and manage your stars and manage your players and manage your role players and find the winning. Like, I mean, there's just a lot but more. You need the depth to do that like, too. I mean, no. And that's why you can, Holland get, is the you can get the bottom six going with different, you know, there's, there's different ways to get guys going and stuff. I'm not saying it's like, it's all down to a coach and obviously players matter. Like for any sport, you, no coach is going to single-handedly win their team, the championship, but like, Coaching matters a lot more than I think you're giving it credit for here. It's not think just I, about talent, having talent and goaltending and whatnot. I just, I'm just telling you, man, the math, like count them up. It's an interchangeability and it matters and you can screw it up. You can put in Bruce Boudreaux and it just never works or it works for what? 30 games, right? Cause that was the classic new voice situation. It, it works for 30 games at the end of the season. Everybody gets excited about that team. And then they come out the next season and like, it's nothing. Right. And like, we don't even know, even my guy, uh, talk Adams, like, we don't know for sure whether Rick Tockett is going to have some like five, six, 10 year run here. The reality is he's probably not just because again, like over and over and over, these guys get two, three years and then it's kind of it. And what's, and that's what makes it the things like the John Coopers of the world, if you will, like so impressive, but that's an organizational thing top down. And all these guys who are in that depth role, the bottom six that allow you to sit uh, and rest some of the top guys and go an entire season without Nikita Kucherov and then just come in and, and roll in the playoffs. And then you see these guys get signed from the bottom six to these other teams. And it's just like, it just isn't working as much. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to give John Cooper a bunch of credit there, but I'm going to get the support of the organization, a bunch of credit there. And then obviously like picking the correct players in the first place. Right. There's so much that goes into the stew, but like, I, I just, I can't watch the NHL, see a new coach every second year for even the good teams and then say like, man, can't fire that guy. Can't do it under no, like too soon. It's like, no, like I'm going to watch a game. I'm going to be like, man, this team is lifeless. They lose to the San Jose Sharks, which like last I heard was a complete impossibility for the Flyers to lose to the Sharks. And then the two night and two nights later, the Oilers lose to the Sharks. And it's like, I'm sorry, like, you gots to go at that point. Anyways. Especially, by the way, if the star is sitting there going, like, I got an old coach that I know of who I'm really going to like playing for. And if that works for him for two years, 
sick, man. It keeps Connor McDavid happy and it keeps Connor McDavid in Edmonton and nobody can Photoshop him in a Leafs jersey because somehow he's going to get traded. To <laughs> it's also spe it's speculation on your part, but we'll agree to disagree on the coaching thing. We'll start yes, giving well, out some bets here. But The like, only thing that isn't speculation is the amount of coaches and the oh, and the turnover in the NHL. That is Among the top teams that have been contending for a while, it's not as not nearly as high as you say. Look at the teams that have won recently. Look at the teams. I mean, look at like the, the Tampa's, the Colorado's. Like these guys what? have had the same coaches for, for ages now. Let's settle this debate the in the chat here. Let, let the chat has been around for get in this conversation. Let's let the chat get in on this conversation. Chat, you tell us what, how you value coaches in the NHL. Do you think they're valuable? Do you think they're interchangeable? What are your thoughts? Drop it in the drop that in the comment section down below. Let us know what you think. There are a couple of good coaches in the NHL, that's for sure. Some of them not so much, but one coach that I think is really good. And let's just jump right into the games. Sorry to cut you guys off here, but let's just jump right into the games. Bruce Cassidy's a good coach. I'll I'll go on, I'll die on that. Sorry. That's I feel like that's a good one. So let's just get into this game here. Vegas Golden Knights going into Washington. Uh game starting at seven o'clock tonight. Uh the Knights are minus 150 favorite right here. Vegas only three losses on the year. They look like a powerhouse of a team, but they've been losing their expected the expected goal share. Uh, for the last couple of games, actually, over the last couple of weeks. Um, Capitals, on the other hand, they're just slightly worse at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, when I was looking at some stats for the Capitals, their power play has been absolutely horrendous this year. I was kind of shocked to see they only scored three goals on the power play, especially a team that has kind of made their identity around this power play here. Um, Alex, I kind of want to lead with you. You had some opinions on this game. What are your thoughts on the uh, Vegas-Washington, I guess, the side of the game and just general thoughts on the game? Yeah, so I mean... It's not exactly like the most attractive play here that I'm going to be uh, giving out, but this is a, I mean, this is a Vegas team that can obviously shut you down on any given night, but the caps have offensively really started to come along. And I know you mentioned the power play and how the power play has really been struggling. Um, it has, but their shooting percentage is just an insane, like 4.6 right now on the power play, which is second worst in the league. That's not going to continue. I think they're due for some positive regression there as well. Offense has been, you know, coming along uh, quite a bit more. And Vegas, obviously capable of scoring some goals. I just think this total is a little bit too low. Um, again, Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson have been fantastic. Maybe I am un underrating them still a little bit. I'm still not fully buying into the, you know, the Aiden Hill and the Logan Thompson thing. I think Logan Thompson is a very good goalie. Hill, I'm just, I'm still just not there. And I'm going to continue to be proven wrong. It is what it is. I'm still not there. Um, but the way, you know, I think we're seeing the Capitals sort of come into their own and what we a bit more of what we expected from them, a team that can score goals now, which they've been doing lately and giving up a lot of chances. I think that uh, this total is just a little bit too low. And um, the over six for me is a play at, uh, I think there's a bunch of minus 105s available now. I think uh, the plus monies are all gone, but um, yeah, minus 105 over six is uh, something that I'm on tonight. Yeah, we got a couple of sports books here that are listing that minus, that over six minus 105 very widely available. So I'm going to lock that in a uh, full unit here. Uh, and a reminder, excuse me, you can find all of our plays tracked on the BetStamp Edgework account. Just search Edgework HQ on BetStamp. Find all our plays there. Going to lock that in here. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on this game here? Uh, any, any, any strong opinions? Or are you just kind of staying off this one? Uh, numbers are telling me to go caps here and I've had a little bit of success with the caps lately, but you know, as much as like the power ratings and stuff kind of tell you to do one thing, like eventually you just learn some of these teams and just go like, I don't want to fade the golden Knights. 
right? <laughs> like, I just, I just don't feel like it. So, you know what? I'm not going to. And, you know, you mentioned, obviously, Bruce Cassidy, an objectively really good coach. So obviously good that it took 12 years between his first and second head coaching job in the NHL. Right. Yeah. Like, so, uh, you know what I mean? Like anybody would want Bruce Cassidy 12 years between being the coach in Washington and then being the coach in Boston. And by the way, he was in the Boston organization for nine years. Not that they were necessarily like looking for a coach on a regular basis because they've obviously been so good for a really long time. And then mm -hmm. they fired him and then he goes and he wins the Stanley Cup, which is obviously which I was referencing earlier. Right. So it's just like, yeah, man, like we can't we don't even know. The point is none of like we don't know any of this stuff. And all these guys just keep getting churned. And I strongly, I strongly disagree. Strongly well, if you, disagree. if you, if chat, if you have an opinion, a reminder: there's a poll in the chat. You can go vote on it. Uh, do coaches matter in the NHL? Yes or no? Hit that, hit that That's poll. Not, Let us know, and we'll we'll close it. Okay, uh, I call erroneous on the on the poll. <laughs> okay, how am I supposed to list that poll? <laughs> no, it, it, do coaches it, matter? But like, of course, coaches matter. Like in, in in a instance, right? In a on a game by game, week by week, season by season type of thing. It's the interchangeability to the coach that's that's like not again not even an opinion factual right i don't want to i don't want to do this the whole show but like forever and it is what it is but like Honestly, cassidy, but cassidy was hired as out of the ahl as a head coach won the division in his first season as like a very young head coach in the nhl had a rough start to the second season like after 20 games and was fired maybe he was a great coach all along and he just wasn't I, given the long enough runway that's my that's my point though <laughs> That's my point. He, I just said he's an objective. You're saying everyone's interchangeable. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, people want bad. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'll, 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 I'll concede because I don't even care to. I don't even. I don't even care to do it. This I don't is the most interesting thing anymore. we're going to talk about today because this, like, this is a function of all of the bets, right? That's... This idea, this idea that, like, yes, he would, like, yeah, he succeeded in that first year, and his own team was like, see you later, and then nobody else saw that and was like, yeah, I'm going to grab this guy. In all of the coaching changes that got made in the 12 years between Bruce Cassidy winning that division that year and getting fired the next year, nobody was into him. Nobody. Yeah. Like, uh, I, okay. Uh, here's the thing. I, I think I think Insight has a great point here. It's a bit of a nebulous concept because there's so many variables involved. But a coaching change remains one of the yeah. biggest ways a general manager can presumably change their team up. That's fair. Without actually changing, and that's without actually changing their team up, that's the best way to do it. So uh, we just touched on Bruce Cassidy. Let's move on to his former team, Boston Bruins, facing off against the Buffalo Sabers here. Uh, Bruins are around a minus 140, minus 150 favorite in tonight's game. I mean, to me, they're the biggest surprise. Uh, the first eighth of this eighth of the season, first couple weeks through the season. Personally, I might get old takes exposed on this. I don't see them carrying that 940 save percentage throughout the season. I think their shooters are shooting about exactly where they are. I'm fading the Boston Bruins throughout, uh, like the success of the Boston Bruins to start the season. I'm fading that season long, like just in my head. Um, but Matt, you kind of wanted to talk about this game. What are your thoughts on the Boston Bruins start here? And do you have any bets for tonight's game? Yeah, I mean, the 940 save percentage, you're right, is probably, it's probably not going to be sustainable we'll going it. forward. That being said, like, you know, we talk about this kind of every Tuesday at least. Like, you can't ever be surprised by the Boston Bruins, right? Like, if they get rated in kind of the same spot, which is like not even in the top five, maybe not even in the top 10 like last year, and then they're awesome. And again, like I said, I didn't really want to, I don't really want to be going against the Golden Knights. I'm going to take a shot here with Buffalo at uh plus 135 i think it's pretty common uh price there i don't know if you want to fire the odds up there see if, see if we can get a better price uh, it seems uh, like 135 is the best price in market it looked like it moved since you kind of sent it to me pinnacle of course hanging the best 
price and market here. Uh, 130 more widely available. Uh, maybe we we go with that over the 135. If you're still are you still comfortable to take it at 130 though? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 130. Uh, let's see what's the baseline for me on that. Yeah, honestly, like 120 or anything kind of better than that. I think the key here for me is the Sabers. As long as they're kind of going back and forth on goaltending, I'm way more into that than letting one of these guys kind of go or having to have one of these guys kind of go on an extended run because I think neither one of them are, are good enough to be the guy night in night out and this is kind of that situation where there's no difference between the two but when they are each playing a semi-regular you know and once every four days instead of once every two days type of situation that I'm going to like the Sabres a little bit better than kind of the numbers are going to necessarily suggest obviously you know the Sabres can have that offensive explosion from time to time so you know versus a lot of these teams that the Bruins have played where it's like ah, their offense isn't really that good or not really all that capable and the Bruins are just going to absolutely boa constrictor them to death and, and score on the, you know, I shouldn't say rare chance that they get, right? But the sort of relatively um, few chances that the Bruins create. Yeah, this for me is is Buffalo thinking that their goaltending is going to be a little bit better than the numbers suggest. And I think that's probably why I see a little bit of value on the Sabres tonight. Alex, you agree with, uh, with Matt here on the Buffalo take? You kind of just staying off this game. You like the Bruins? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm staying off this game. Um, I can see the, I can see the case for Buffalo, but uh, I think that, I mean, it's just so easy to discount Boston. We talked about this, I think, before, where it's just so easy to discount Boston as a team that's like, oh, always outperforming their metrics and always getting this, like, outrageous save percentage that's due for regression and whatnot. But it's like, oh, guess what? It never regresses. And guess what? They always outperform their metrics. And, like, there's something to be said for that. Just a team with elite talent, elite, um, you know, elite talent up front, great defense, great goaltending. Um, I mean, that's going to happen. Like, that's just... You know, you're you're gonna outperform your metrics, you're gonna win games that maybe you don't deserve to win. Um, so not exactly a team that I love to bet against, and especially just I mean, it wouldn't I I, I definitely see the case for Buffalo, but I just I can't do it tonight. Not a team that I'm looking to uh to back against this Bruins team right now. So Jay Stone brings up a great point in the chat. Bruins off two days rest, and then also insight mentioning that Tuck is out with an upper body injury here for Buffalo. I don't know if that I doubt that. Really apparently, apparently the Bruins, and I don't like I'm I i do not know for sure, and I can't say this for sure, but apparently they flew into Montreal on Friday last week and were out partying all Friday, and a couple players had to be carried out of a restaurant um, in apparently, Montreal on allegedly. Friday, allegedly. Um, maybe that has something to do with their performance on Saturday. I don't know. Again, has nothing to do with tonight's game, but just uh, just an interesting little side note there. Yeah, I heard some uh, some NHL players kind of go rowdy in, in Buffalo. If I don't know if they have any former Buffalo players who kind of know the ins and outs of of the city of Buffalo there, but uh, maybe maybe they're doing the same thing on a Monday night. I didn't know you could safely go rowdy Anchor in Buffalo, bar. to be honest. Yes. You could eat about 50 wings and then pass out comatose <laughs> in a holiday inn or something. But Deep into some Anchor Bar scenes. All right, uh, let's let's move on to the next game we have on the board here. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning facing off against the St. Louis Blues. Blues at home, slight. Slight underdogs in this game opened up much bigger underdogs here. Uh, seems like the the market kind of respects Tampa Bay. Sorry, it seems like the openers respect Tampa Bay a little bit more than the market does. We kind of saw a buy uh, a move down here on Tampa. Uh, a lot of not a lot, but a little bit of money coming in on St. Louis. Uh, you guys kind of like this number at the opener, but it has since moved. Alex, what are your kind of what are your thoughts on this this matchup, and what are your thoughts on like the openers? Do you think they're respecting? 
Tampa too much? Do you think the market is you think trying to overcorrect here? What are your thoughts on the general move of this game and your just thoughts on game? This is going to be this is going to be a little hypocritical because I'm about to say that I think that everyone panicking on Tampa and saying Tampa sucks needs to calm down because I think this is still a good team that will figure it out and be just fine. That being said, I'm also part of the by the blues at plus 120 early this morning. So, I mean, it's a little bit hypocritical, but I think long-term outlook for Tampa is okay. I am on the blues tonight. Um, I mean, until Tampa does figure it out, I think that there'll be value in, in, you know, fading them. Obviously their priors are really good. Um, and that's why they're kind of getting that respected market. And, you know, it's obviously deserved. You can't, you know, say it's not deserved or anything like that, but like right now, defensively, they're just giving up so much and they're just getting shelled. Um, I think that, I mean, until we see a correction, until we see them start to play better defensive hockey and better overall hockey, I mean, when they're being priced like this, I'm going to just take stabs uh, at, you know, fading them a little bit. And this Blues team has shown some signs of life. Not a team I love backing, um, I'll be honest. The team that has burned me so many times over the years. But, uh, yeah, I am on the Blues tonight. And, you know, I mean – Numbers drifted a little bit, but like I'm fine locking it in at that plus one fourteen at Penny right now, or plus one or plus one thirteen. I guess it is. Um, yeah, that's that's fine by me. Uh, there's a one fifteen available on uh, at at FanDuel here. I'm gonna lock that in because that's kind of more maybe more widely available. You can find the one thirteen on Pinnacle. There's like a one twelve at the Canby books, so you got like a one twelve to a one fifteen if you uh, line shop there. If you don't have multiple sports books, what are you doing? You head over to Edgework, excuse me, betsamp.app forward slash Edgework. Sign up for more sports books. You're, you're, you're leaving money on the table here, uh, or you're potentially losing more money than you have to. Uh, so, yeah, going to lock that in here. Uh, Matt, you kind of had a sa- the same. Do you, do you have the same kind of feel and opinion on, on Tampa here and in, in this game, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't necessarily argue with anything Alex said. For me, I bet at a plus 120, and, and that price went away, and I kind of crossed over the price that I was looking for the Blues to bet. And so if I'm looking at something and I go, I think that price is a little too high, I bet it, and then that price comes down, okay, that's that's it, right? I, I, I did it correctly. I did it, everybody, right? And so, like, now, okay, the game's going to get played out the way the game's going to get played out, and, you know, honestly, who knows what's going to happen? Well, obviously, winners of their four of their last five didn't get it done last Tuesday, so maybe Tuesday, maybe they're the anti-Kings uh, refusing to win on Tuesdays, but, you know, losing to the Jets, and I think it's back-to-back Tuesdays, uh, actually. Um, n- you know, nothing to necessarily get all sort of worried about here. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm on the blue is just not at this price. All right, fair enough here. So just a reminder, we locked that in at the plus 115 over at uh, FanDuel here. You can find plus 113 at Pinnacle. Widely, like tons of plus 110s out there, plus 112 out there as well. Uh, Let's move off this game, head over to Winnipeg, where the Devils are going into Winnipeg to play the Jets. Uh, Line right now on the game, round plus 117 for the Devils, minus 129 over at Pinnacle for the Jets here. Jets have looked really good. Uh, to start the year, there's kind of panic with them in the offseason, but they've been good. Connor Hellebuck has kind of rung it in, I guess. Devils without Jack Hughes, obviously. Uh, any strong opinions here on this game, Matt? We'll start with you. How do you feel about uh, the Devils and going into Winnipeg tonight? Yeah, honestly, a couple of different things here, right? One of them is liking the Jets the way that I have from the start of the season and then kind of finding a lot of spots where I was supposed to be betting against them and being a little bit confused. I guess the market liked the Jets more than even I liked the Jets, which was a little bit strange given how 
the Jets were priced within the futures markets this season. Now we're finally, again, reasons I'm not necessarily sure of, but I think, you know, I shouldn't say that. I think right now the whole Hughes Heischer thing, and Alex made a great point last week about how that is affecting, you know, the rest of the devils up and down the lineup, I think is probably being underpriced right now. Like I have them just kind of generally 10% uh, less win probability on, a, on in any given game because they're missing these two guys. And that has been sort of borne out. And so I'm just going to keep that number where it is and sort of, you know, ask the devils to prove me wrong in that, in that case. Right. And so, you know, already liked the, the Jets and kind of been hoping to try to bet, bet them a little bit more, <laughs> a few more spots. It just kind of hasn't come up. And in this case, because I think the Devils are, you know, again, you know, kind of kind of beat up, obviously. I think this is a spot here uh, for the Jets. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially with the center depth, right? Like you're you're losing out on two arguably number one centers, and then now you're getting Dawson Mercer and Michael McLeod as your one and two. No disrespect to them, obviously, but sure. it's just a massive yeah, a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some disrespect. Uh, some disrespect. Uh, all right, Alex, what are your thoughts on on the game here? You you have some things you like. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm on the Jets as well. Um, I completely agree with everything Matt said, and I am also on uh, a bit of an over here. I think that. An interesting thing with the market here is that obviously with Heischer and Hughes being out, it seems like the Devils offensively are being downgraded significantly just based on how the totals have come down. But like I think what's kind of lost in this is how much those absences and those injuries affect this team defensively as well. Those are two guys who like obviously Heischer, an incredible defensive forward, uh, great defensive center, and Hughes is by the fact that he can just spend so much zone time in the offensive zone like he alleviates so much pressure on the defense so you take over two uh take two centers out that help this team defensively so much and i don't think that's being priced in at all here um winnipeg has been firing offensively quite a bit and offensively also the devils have not really missed like they've missed a beat but they've still been scoring goals and they still have a lot of goals up and down this lineup so uh yeah i think that we're just kind of um mispricing this a little bit here goaltending wise we haven't gotten great goaltending from Hellebuck. Um, I think Vanishek should start here, and Vanishek has been really, pretty bad to start the year. Um, a guy I'm definitely looking to fade a little bit. So, yeah, over 6.5 minus 110 is a uh, a bet that I really like here too. So uh, a, Jets, a Jets and an over for me here. So when this finishes 3-1 New Jersey, we can uh, – not come on the show again tomorrow <laughs> all right locking in the the winnipeg minus 128 there as the best price in market also minus 129 available over at pinnacle uh it actually just the FanDuel price flicked down right as we were live on the show so let's 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 take that and then we're gonna go with the over six and a half minus 110 here uh you can find that very very widely available that i mean we got a couple more bets on our way but that basically wraps up the strong opinions we had on tonight's show let's 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 move on to this game, Alex, because I know I know I I heard you're a big fan of the Montreal Canadiens. I've only heard that though. So let's talk about the Calgary Flames heading into Montreal tonight. Uh, Flames are minus one forty five favorites here. Um, I mean, do you have any best bets for tonight's game here? Or any strong opinions? What are your thoughts on, in general? Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, my two strongest totals I think are still to come here. Um, I like uh, the under a lot in this game. I think that we're trending to the point now where, where Montreal's um, Montreal's an under team. Like I, I talked about them offensively and stuff like that uh, coming into the season, how I thought their offense is a bit undervalued. I think we're at a point now where we've gone too far the other way, and now I think sort of defensively and, and goaltending wise, they've been able to. You know, they're they're playing well. Like they're playing a pretty good team game. Um, they're you know they're giving up a decent bit, but like they've been 
for the most part, the offense is starting to dry up here. Um, I think Montembeau is going to start. Montembeau is a guy who I have like took a long time to come around on. He's prone to those blow up games, but for the most part, he's playing very well um, when he's getting the opportunities and Markstrom back here for the flames. Um, obviously Markstrom's had a fantastic season. Calgary offensively, not exactly like clicking at the, uh, the best rate. So I think this total is just a little bit too high. Those under 6.5s. Um, I don't love it. It's, I mean, six at plus money is not bad, but I would much rather prefer the six and a halfs here at uh, minus 120. There's a minus 118, I think, at DK. Um, but yeah, minus 120 under six and a half is uh, is a good look for me. I think that um, I think we're just a little bit too high with this number. I was on the under for the uh, the Habs Bruins game on Saturday as well. And I'm just going to, I was on the under as well on uh, Sunday against Vancouver. And then we got three goals in the last 90 seconds, including two empty netters to push it to seven, which was a real kick in the nuts for a, uh, for a Sunday night, especially after uh, a little bit of a rougher uh, NFL Sunday. So, um, you know, I'm going back to the well here though. And uh, I feel good about this under, I think this total is too high and uh, I like it. I literally Matt, said to my think? wife, I was like, Oh God, somebody just got really smoked on that total. Yeah, not knowing, I not was, knowing. I was that somebody, <laughs> not knowing that it was Alex. So yeah, she's gonna be thrilled to know that that uh, we we actually have a face to uh, to that bet. So yeah, yeah my my sincerest condolences on that one. That was a that was an atrocity. Matt, what are your thoughts on uh, the the Canadians here? Kind of being, I don't want to call it a dead set under team, but like in the right matchup here, kind of leaning towards the under. You agree with Alex on that? Yeah, listen, you know, I always defer to Alex, uh, A, on totals, and B, on the Montreal Canadiens, unless I have some significant edge, I think, on the on a side, um, and which I don't <laughs> for, for this game. So, uh, yeah, Alex uh, Alex knows a lot more about Montembeau than I do. I can I can promise you that. <laughs> Playing right, for a new enough. deal, man. Playing for a new deal here. They're, uh, apparently, they're close to, uh, to an extension. So well, there you go. Can... Put a little shut I thought he was playing goaltender on a volunteer basis. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> the fact that he's getting a contract is well. He should have. He should have like two years ago. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our disgusting brothers game of the day here. The disgusting brothers. Don't, don't call us that. All right, I had to bring that up just for for to bring that up for the show here. But uh, and over to the San Jose Sharks. I over to San Jose or Panthers taking on San Jose. Uh, Plus two forty-five uh, underdogs here for the Sharks. Uh, Alex, let's start. Or Matt, let's start with you. Yeah, uh, you're gonna go full disgusting brother here and kind of take a take a bite out of this. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody's on the edge of their. Seat. What are your thoughts on the game? Everybody's on their edge of their seat about what we're gonna do here. Uh, not surprisingly, yes, it's, it certainly seems like there's an edge on the San Jose Sharks. We got in, you know, like bank robbers and got in, got out last week uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. I just have way more respect for the Florida Panthers on sort of a, a on a baseline uh, level here, right? Like this is, di this is different. The pricing on the, on the Sharks is always going to be bad. And so you have to kind of decide in your, you know, to yourself, I kind of write about how, okay, in general, like an underdog, if I can get like a 4% edge on an underdog, I'm going to play it. But like you can create your own, you know, team by team cutoff. And for me, like, I'm going to need like a 10% pricing <laughs> discrepancy with the Sharks. And I'm not quite there with that. And that's because I think the Panthers are priced appropriately, where the difference being last week, I didn't think the Flyers were being appropriately priced or rated, I should say, right? I think that in that case, not only were the Sharks being way underrated because we have to, because they hadn't won a game all season and they had given up 10 goals in back-to-back -back games, which like, guess what? That's going to under... That's going to underrate you pretty significantly 
even you know even if you're a god awful hockey team, that's just not the, the case this week, right? Where it's like I have a lot more respect for Florida than I did with Philadelphia. So that you know when you look and you see okay why didn't it get to that ten percent threshold? That's because of it, right? There isn't anything to sort of negatively say about the rating for the Florida Panthers at this point for me. So we are going to pass. It, it pains me to say it. We are going to pass <laughs> on the disgusting brothers play of the Tuesday. Uh, I you know listen. I wish. It's so hard the NHL. Like there isn't that many big underdogs, mm-hmm. you know. Where we, it feels like last year every Tuesday there was like, oh, there's a plus two sixty here, and it would be on a team like that wasn't as grotesque as the San Jose Sharks. Now this season it just seems like, okay, are we betting the Sharks or are we not on these Tuesdays? Because there just seems to be, you know, what like what's the other longest underdog? Arizona plus one eighty, like. That's not that disgusting, and nor is it something that I want to, you know, bet because I think that's you know pretty fair price. And the Blues plus one twenty might be more disgusting. Just Honestly, yeah, yeah like it's, <laughs> it, it, in part it's conceptual, and that was kind of a lot of my basis for not a lot of it, but at least some of my basis for the Sharks last week, where it's like we are talking about this game like it's just this complete impossibility, but we're talking about a plus one sixty underdog, right? Which if this is an NFL football game, hell, the la- last night the Denver Broncos were plus three hundred on the money line. <laughs> Right. And it was like, that was a way more palatable bet. I'm like, yeah, give me all the Broncos money line. I can get my, you know, I can, you can shake a stick at. And it's like, that was plus 300. You know, the Sharks were plus 160 last week. It was like, nope, there's no way they can do it. It's like, it's a win, you know, it's a win probability of just under 40%. Like, this isn't like the craziest thing that would ever happen in the history of sports. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Far between. Yeah. Staying off the money line here, but Alex, you like a you like something in this game? Why don't you tell us what you like? Yeah, maybe my favorite total of the day. Um, I love the under in this game. Getting six and a half at plus money is, I mean, I don't want to say banger because you know bet responsibly, but I really like that. Uh, I like the under six and a half plus money quite a bit. This is like. Obviously, you run the risk of Florida scoring 12 goals in this game and, you know, just getting absolutely slaughtered on this and coming so nowhere the close. Sharks to are only going to give up 10, okay? But, yeah, 12 yeah. is erroneous. Yeah. But, um, I mean, look, the Panthers offensively have not been fantastic to start the year. They're playing very low event hockey, um, a date with the Sharks, and that brutal, you know, defense is maybe a, a remedy for them to break out offensively. But, like, I don't think that's going to be the case. I just think the way they want to play hockey right now is these low event games. They're playing very good defensive hockey. Um, they are, I think, second in the league in, uh, you know, expected goals against at five on five um, this season. And, uh, I mean, Sharks offense can't really generate anything. They, uh, they don't have guys that are going to, you know, that are going to beat you, that are going to scare you. And I think this is just a bad matchup for them here to suddenly, you know, start scoring goals. Um, I think you can see them get blanked, maybe, you know, one goal. And that's not exactly the same much because they basically score zero or one goals in like 80% of their games this season. But I don't think this is uh, the game where that's going to change. So unless we have some unexpected offensive outburst from Florida, which I don't expect, I think this has like, three nothing three one kind of written all over it um so yeah under getting the six and a half at plus money i think is a uh a very nice look especially with you know the way blackwood's been playing um don't really care who starts for the panthers i'm kind of decently high on both goalies so uh yeah i think that um i think this is a really nice look beautiful and that will wrap it up uh for our bets here for today i want to thank everyone for tuning in checking out the show live and if you're watching after the fact Thank you for watching us here. Make sure before you go and before we head out here, you hit that like button, you hit that subscribe button, help support the show, help support the content. And if you like our stuff, 
I mean, make sure you're always subscribed, guys. I don't know how many times I've watched some YouTube pages in, in my early years where I've like absolutely loved their content and just it's disappeared and it's gone forever in the algorithm because I didn't subscribe. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't lose out on this channel here. We're at 34 likes. And I was told pre-show that Matt will sing all the small things if we hit to uh, if we hit 40 likes mm -hmm. on the way out here. Uh, so if we, can do that, <clears throat> if we can do that before we go, uh, before we head out though here, I want to quickly recap all of our bets. If you're listening in audio form, I'm going to make you guys, I'm going to be a little bit of a pain here. And I'm going to force you guys to come to the YouTube channel to come check out the bets that we're going through uh, throughout the show see them on screen here i'm not going to say them out uh you have to come over to the youtube page hit that like button and hit that subscribe button if you're listening in audio format and if you're listening on audio just leave us a review as well it helps us out so and throw uh, in your favorite head coach your nhl head coach in there while you can it doesn't even have bro, to be a current one can be an old one you know how like what's the meme or the or the gif or whatever the, the thing about people just like sitting around saying names of old players give me dude, some old coaches <laughs> Let's get some old coaches in the old uh, in the old comment section. You're gonna do an immaculate an immaculate grid with the with an coaches. And players. <laughs> I, I feel like that'd be so easy to do with coaches an immaculate grid here because just well, every coach has coached minimum three teams. Like and there's like only yeah. maybe there's only 40 coaches though, but yeah. Oh, there's a lot more than 40. I can, I I and everybody lives on the same block as an NHL coach. So just go and <laughs> mention that guy first, and then uh, then you can go from there. Anyways, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to do that, drop it in the comments down below. Let us know who your favorite coach is or who just the most the most random coach you can think of here. We're three likes shy of all the small things. Maybe next week on the Tuesday show, we can get that done here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hit that like button on the way out. Hit that subscribe button uh, for Alex, for Matt, for myself. This has been Edgework on the Edgework HQ YouTube channel, guys. Good luck on your bets, and we'll see you tomorrow.